Are you spinning your wheels to grow your real estate business? On this episode, we talk to Terry Thayer about the system he has in place to hire the right people by automating the hiring process and always maintaining his core values within his team. This insight has allowed him to grow his business in the wholesale, rehab, and new construction areas of real estate. Currently, he is residing in Mexico with his wife and children while running his team back in the United States. He believes you should always build your business to fit into your lifestyle and not the other way around. Let's just get right down to business. The Joe Robert Show. This, this is The Joe Robert Show. The Joe Robert Show. The Joe Robert Show. Hello, Terry. Welcome to the show. Let's get rolling by giving us a brief background about your investing experience and what businesses you are in today. Hey man, thanks for having me. I am, uh, my name is Terry Thayer. I'm out of the Raleigh, North Carolina market. Well, I say that I'm in that market, but that's where my home base is. That's where our office is. We run virtually throughout the entire state of North Carolina. Get ready to tap into the state of uh, Tennessee, but we will only be into uh, in the Raleigh market or Raleigh office. We will just have that one office there, but been in real estate now since 2002. Uh, started off with um, buying properties to expand uh, the value of it for rental properties, making four bedroom, four bath properties in um, areas in, in the university areas and renting out bedrooms for high dollars and uh, just kind of morphed into flipping houses and then development. I became a general contractor a year later in 2003 and uh, been developing house, developing properties for all these years, flipping, wholesaling, buying rental properties, coaching systems, all that stuff for, for all these years. So you're almost coming on a 20 year anniversary. Is that, is that correct? It makes you feel yeah. a little old or what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, almost a 20 year anniversary in that world. I grew up as a carpenter. Um, been out in in housing industry my entire life. That's the only industry I know about. Um, but uh, yeah, just it's coming up on twenty years on the investing, flipping, developing side personally. Cool. And now throughout those years, has uh, have you only participated in the Raleigh market? Yes, everything has been in the Raleigh market the entire time. Raleigh, Durham, you know, surrounding areas. Just recently, I want to say. It was either the end of, no, I think it was the end of last year. The end of last year, we started, we just expanded the entire state of North Carolina with the wholesaling business. So we do it all virtually. So we don't have to go to all these different places. We have teams of people that do different things for us, pictures, uh, measures, inspections, all that stuff in different places so that we can do everything virtually right here, right in Raleigh. Now, I know Raleigh and Charlotte uh, keep making, you know, top two, three, four, five, ten of every list, whether it's tech, it's jobs, net migration. You know, what is your opinion on the state and, the, you know, Raleigh market itself? So I've been there for 25 years, <laughs> going on 26 years. And you're right. I mean, literally, since the day I rolled into town, I can remember on the, on the belt line, there was this big old sign that said, you know, voted top. Uh, number one place to live or fastest growing city in the nation, whatever it was, I remember it was, it was sitting over there and every year in the publications, it's like, I say top five, it seems like, yes, it might drop out here and there and, and really be with that in that top 10. But yeah, it's always been a, a super hot market. And I can remember from where I moved from upstate New York, 
and upstate New York just being dead as far as building and growth and all that. And then moving to North Carolina and just being like, holy crap, like every angle, everywhere you turn, there's some type of development. Every downtown that you go into, Raleigh, Durham, Charlotte, it doesn't matter, Winston-Salem, all you're seeing is trains all, all times, all 25 years I've been there. It's just constant growth and development. Um, it's awesome that North Carolina has the Research uh, Triangle Park. We've got a bunch of hospitals, universities. So, I mean, it's, it's somewhat recession-proof at the same time. When 20, 2008 came around, yeah, we've, we felt the recession in comparison to what we were normally used to. But anybody else in the country come in and be like, you guys crazy, you guys are hopping, like everything's going, right? It was just a change for us, right? And so what other factors do you think contribute to the migration and the jobs and the universities and everything within the Raleigh-Charlotte markets? What type of uh, migration, like what do you think brings everybody in? Yeah, what is it about, you know, that's so appealing to the state of North Carolina for residents and investors? I mean, you know, the market's been very strong here. I mean, it's, it's, it's a... Um, a fairly affordable place to live. Um, there's, you've got the mountains, you've got the, you've got the ocean, like it's, it's all right there. You've got the universities, I, I believe are the biggest cause. Like you, we've got what NC state, um, UNC and Duke within a 30 mile radius, right? So you have three major universities and those are the three major. Think of all the other universities and, and schools that are in that small area. Then you scan out to, uh, Wake Forest that's in um, Winston-Salem and, you know, some of these other schools that are, that are throughout the state. People come into these schools from other states and a lot of times they graduate and they don't leave. And so it, it creates growth and expansion of population. And then, of course, these people come in, they're, they're in uh, these universities, they'll come out, they'll start their own businesses, so there's other growth. And between that and then the Research Triangle Park and the hospitals where people are coming. I've met many people that moved to the area specifically because of some type of health reason and to have better hospitals. So it just, I think all these different things are just a, a perfect recipe for growth. That, those are some good thoughts I didn't think of before. And so, you know, in the invest, investment community, what I hear a lot is there's no deals, right? Or it's really tight in North Carolina. So that leads us into your wholesaling business, right? And kind of you built your expertise around that direct marketing and building a team out there to get those deals directly from sellers, correct? Can you kind yes. of give us some background about that? Yeah, 100%. I hear it all the time. It drives me crazy. I'm so sick of people say, oh, there's no deals. There's, they're tight. They're this, they're that. You know what? It's not, has nothing to do with the state because people are winning in every state and every city. It has to do with your systems, has to do with your marketing, has to do with your people, has to do with your your sales process has to do with all that stuff. And if you have all those things solid, you're gonna crush it in any market, guaranteed. I don't really care. I'll go into any market and I'll do, do my thing. It doesn't matter and I'll do it right from Raleigh, my Raleigh office, I'll train people. I mean, our system is so rock solid. I mean, the majority of people that work for us are 21, 22, 23 years old. I'm bringing them in, no experience. The only thing they know about a house is it has a door, it has a kitchen, it has a bathroom. Right. And, and we're teaching them within a couple of weeks how to buy 100, 200,000 plus dollar properties over the phone. We're teaching them how to evaluate these comps in our average deal right now. Our average close for the year right now just creeped over 20,000. We dropped just under 20,000 
on an assignment fee were just over 20,000. We have, uh, I know that um, uh, the bell rang yesterday. We got one uh, that just got in contract within two weeks. We're closing on the property with a $40,000 assignment fee. I mean, literally we're selling paper for $40,000. <laughs> so you tell me deals are tight. Um, we, we've got a, another one uh, that they just uh, got like uh, a week and a half ago was like 45,000, I believe. We're working on a package deal that if we can get everybody lined up, like we already have the buyer, uh, a package deal, we can pull $210,000 out of this package. So it's like, it's all BS. It's all because things are not in the right place is why deals are tight. It's not that the deals are tight, you're just missing something. So what in the wholesaling business or maybe some techniques or tricks or however you wanna look at it, makes you successful where a lot of people are not or how can you help others gain insight into what makes you successful there yeah i mean to be able to do it in a few minutes is going to be difficult <laughs> but i mean just the kind of bullet point number one our biggest success started with having the right marketing channels right so it's like what works what doesn't work and this is the thing that is is going to be completely different in every market that you have to figure out like ppc may be hot in one market and not another market. Other people are doing um, ringless voicemail and text blasts in, in other markets. And in our market, it really hasn't done anything great, right? So it's like, you have to know, and, and the good thing about, uh, for me, that allows me to help so many people throughout the country is that I have a pulse on so many different parts in the country because of my network, right? So I can reach out, hey, how's things going in this market? What's your hottest uh, uh, marketing channels? I don't need to know who you're using, but what's working best? Is it, yep. is it, is it cold callers? Is it text blast? Is it, you know what I mean? Like, give me, give me some idea Then I can go through and I can use my resources to push in that area. Um, another big thing I think, and this still goes back with marketing, right? People are always trying to save money. I, <laughs> you give what you pay for, right? So it's like, I want to invest my money to get a return. I'm not trying to penny pinch to get seeds and, and dust and dirt, you know what I mean? Picking up scraps. Like I did in the beginning. Oh yeah, I've got this great resource. Look, it can, it can save you this, that, and the other thing. And it, at the end of the day, it doesn't give me the same return. So the biggest thing I see people do is they buy cheap data. Um, they uh, will um, get their data scrubbed to phone numbers and, and they're, using, they're using cheap data there. Right, so they're buying lists, who, who knows where they're getting it from, and they're, it, it may be lists that are just resold over and over and over and over and over, and then they're going and getting a skip trace. You're like, oh, I can, get, I can get a skip trace for three cents or five cents or whatever the case is. I can guarantee you that it's not good data, and you're, you're gonna get old phone numbers, crap phone numbers that are not gonna be, that they're not gonna land, right? So for us, we, we will pay extra to make sure that we're getting credit data, right? So credit data is solid. If you get, um, and what that means is like, people are constantly getting their credit pulled, right? So TransUnion credit data, it's always given the most accurate, most up-to-date information when you're buying data that has its credit data, right? You're buying just data, old data. It could be a phone number from you know 1982 that they had in their house with their little ring dial. Right. It was, uh, so that's, that's the biggest difference I see is it starts with marketing and then just flows through with 
the training processes, the systems, it's the CRM. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. So what's been your, what's been your favorite marketing technique lately? Just one that sticks out that's been your most successful. Uh, the, the, they're two. They're, they're, they're neck to neck. We were actually just reviewing the numbers on it yesterday. BBC and cold calling. Those are, are by far our two best um, sources. And people don't see it like this, but P I love PPC the best. Like if I can flood more PPC, I would. But it's like, it's, it's kind of tricky how you have to do PPC. It's not like you buy more names and you get more lists out. And it's not like you just spend more money and, and more, you get more deals, right? So it's, it's tricky how that whole thing works. But at the end of the day, our cost per conversion on PPC is much less than any other thing. It's more upfront, but less per conversion. That's good. And so I know you guys have Thayer Homes that does custom home building, correct? Correct. And you guys, are you utilizing your wholesale arm to source deals for that? Or how are you acquiring deals for that Thayer Homes? So funny you asked that question. So let's see, I'm trying to think of years now. So I, I believe it was 2018, around May of 18, um, we, we decided to do a shift. At that particular point, we did an audit on our company. We owned 88 lots in downtown Raleigh and downtown Durham, like scattered all over the place. And I'm talking, these, every single one of them are tear down new builds. Occasionally you get one that you split into two and you've got an empty lot or occasionally you actually buy an empty lot in these downtown areas, something that was maybe already torn down years ago and you have this property, right? And what was happening is there was so much growth in these downtown, that's where, really where I concentrate from 02 to 18, like downtown, inside the Beltline, downtown Raleigh, downtown Durham, that's been my playground for that many years, right? And, and it still is, we're still wrapping up some. Um, and we decided at that particular point, we are like, seeing all the growth that's going on and what was happening is these municipalities didn't know how to deal with it. So they're, they're, they're go, we're building in neighborhoods that are hundred years old, right? So we're doing all this development and then they, they didn't know how to deal with it. There was so much happening that they made a quick shift and they started treating these old neighborhoods like it's a new development. So we're having to spend 10, 15, $20,000 extra per lot, which was cutting into our profits cutting into our time, everything. So and it, it wasn't, nothing was black and white. It wasn't like there was a UDO, there was any kind of script, anything. It was literally, it would be this way on this house and this way on this house. And it was, honestly, it was getting to the point where it was so unpredictable that we had to throw our hands up and be like, you know what, we're done. We're, we're gonna sell out, we've sold some lots, we're selling some more lots, we're building out some of the rest of them, and we're done. And but to answer your question, up until that point, we were marketing in these areas to buy our own properties, right? And we would um, probably wholesale 8, 10, 12, 15 properties a year. And the only reason why is because we were uh, marketing in a small area. Well, maybe this person has this one house over here in this little circle that we're buying in, but then they have two over here that they want to sell that are outside of our area. We would wholesale off these two keep this one well when we decided to make that shift that we're not going to buy develop in these downtown areas and now we're going to start buying in developments buying smaller developments just buying finished lots and new neighborhoods we've been doing that since roughly end of 18 on we've only been doing that finishing off the rest of them when we did that we just we were trying to see what do we want to do 
with this marketing and acquisition side of things. So we decided to really scale a wholesaling business. So in February of 19, we took that business and broke it off as its own company and really started scaling it hard. And we've taken it from, you know, buying some properties for ourselves, assigning a handful of contracts every single year to re-keep about 30 deals on the board at all times. We're picking off a couple of them to, uh, to uh, rehab and flip and the rest of them we're assigning them. We're not doing any of them, not keeping any of them for our new builds. So I know that was a long answer, but it was kind of a story to bring it to that. <laughs> no, that was good. And, and so what, I guess what would be the, the, the takeaway or the, the shortest answer from that is, are you saying that finding those lots that already had the entitlements, sewer water all there in the infrastructure just ends up being uh, more profitable or less headache acquisition than the other way? It's more predictable. Got it. Right, so here's the thing. Do you wanna be a land developer? Or do you wanna be a builder? Uh, I've learned that there are two different divisions and you can be both. And there's a lot, I know a lot of people, I have a lot of friends that do both, right? But it's two different companies. It's two different, you can't have your project manager that's building your house also be the project manager on the land. Unless you find a unicorn, of course, but it's not, it's not, very, um, it's not very efficient way of doing things. So it's, it ended up taking a lot of my personal time and I was spending too much time on the development end, and it really wasn't the highest, best use of my time. It wasn't like we were making massive extra profits off of that type of role, so that's when I decided to pull the plug on it. And so when we go into development, all the streets there, all the plumbing's there, power, everything. All we're doing is just, we're take, we're, we buy the lot, we pull our permits, we dig footers, we pull houses out of the ground, we connect everything that's already there, we're done. There's no, it, do we need to change out all this curb and gutter? Do we need to change out the sidewalk? Do we need to add the sidewalk? Do we, there's none of that, right? It's just, it's just plug and play. Good, good, good. I might need you to build me a house, find me a nice parcel here in the area. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, I guess we went over the wholesaling, the custom home building. And what I heard is that you might also be doing rehabbing or have some rentals. Yeah, so we, that's another shift, um, the rental properties. The rental properties are, it's just not for me. I don't like rental properties. I never have. I went through, we got up to almost 60 rental properties and uh, this time last year, roughly. Um, and we decided to start selling off our properties, rehabbing them, flipping them, you know, strategically, not all at one shot. We're down to 19 right now, um, investing money into other places uh, while starting to. And so that's the, that's the rental properties. So we're making that shift right now as we speak. On the, um, the flip side, so we basically, we have a very strict criteria. There's five pieces of criteria. If it doesn't fit in those five, if one piece of criteria is missing, we don't even consider it. If it hits, it's basically four pieces of criteria. The fifth piece of criteria is two things. It's a two piece. Do we have the debt available to borrow? And do we have the cash flow to be able to take something on for you know three months or do we need to cash flow because things aren't closing do we need to cash flow to be able to turn this property for marketing payroll spent whatever expenses so it just all depends on what's going on at that particular point in time and so what is there any comments of what you're seeing in the debt markets based on the economic situation there or how you're planning for that 
repeat that question because I want to make sure I'm understanding that right. Well, I'm saying regarding debt, you know, most people are going out there working on acquisitions right now where they got to raise private capital. I mean, you know, they have two options, right? And are you seeing the debt markets, a lot of the companies pulled back or, you know, where are people going to get their capital or where, where are you going? Yeah, so there's two answers to that. Um, number one, we're trying to re reduce the amount of debt that we have. Okay, we're trying to become as much as cash flush as possible right this minute. We're selling out a bunch of developments and lots that we, we own on the building side. We're selling out rental properties, putting them into different types of investments. Um, we are, right this minute, we, we were talking earlier, right this minute, I have not had to, other than flip debt, Right, private money, like we have abundance of private money. We've been raising money for years, so we, we have abundance of private money. But it's like, okay, we have cheap private money, we have expensive private money. Do we want to keep this a whole machine going or do we want to just pick things off and be a little more strategic about it? Right. So we're in a position to where we can pick and choose and not just take everything and you know, just because we need we need flow, we need business, we need all this going on. Um the hard money lenders, from what I'm hearing, they're loosening up. They've actually, several of them have reached out to us recently and uh, wanting to have conversations with us because they're ready to uh, start lending again. Personally, we had a million dollar line of, uh, line of credit pulled from us the day before closing back in March prior to, like as in the beginning of COVID. We had a 12 unit, um, it's a mixture of singles, duplex, and triplex. Uh, that was we were getting ready to refi out, do a cash out refi. A couple of days before we were closing, they pulled that and they just said they're they're seizing all their lending. So it's been tough the last couple of months. Luckily, we haven't had to, we haven't needed that other than those things, but we've quickly adapted and adjusted. So now um, I'm seeing it loosening up quite a bit. So we're going to attempt a few different banks for cheaper, cheaper money. But if not, we have the private on the sidelines. Cool. I don't see too many people running a wholesaling, home building and rehab business, uh, you know, organized as well as you are and, you know, now remotely. Right. So what, what are the, you know, how big is the team and how long did it take you to get everything in place? So, one of my specialties is hiring building teams. I have a system around hiring that really automates the entire system. Um, our, our team that we have in place right this minute consists of, let's see, internally. So we have virtual assistants and then we have internal Ooh. in our office. So internal in our office today is nine or 10 people. There's nine or 10 people in our office right this minute. So it, that is made up between acquisitions, dispositions, transaction coordinator. We have a staff accountant, CFO, um, myself, my wife, which we're not currently there. We are now living in Mexico for who knows how long. So we're, we're running our businesses uh, there from here, there every single day. Uh, we have people in place that are, that are you know, there and on site every single day, but we're cranking along. I mean, nothing has changed. We haven't skipped the beat. We're closing deals. We're getting deals like nothing has changed. All I need is Wi-Fi, a phone, a computer, and nothing changes. So that's good. So what, so what, what have you implemented or, you know, what have you put in place to be able to achieve that? I see so many 
investors struggle to get past the first few hires. And, you know, it seems like it's always an evolving door where they come in, they hire a couple people, it doesn't work out, then they go back, you know, and they keep coming back and then they kind of just yeah. give up and say, hey, I'm just going to be the one-man band. So how, how, how did you break through that? I mean, you know, help our listeners understand what they need to do in order to achieve better results. Yeah, I mean, really, honestly, I feel that pain, right? I went through the higher fire game for years and it's like, I can, I mean, you, when you step back and look at how much money that costs you by higher fire, higher fire, I mean, people cost you a ton of money when you have to do that, when you have to just constantly rotate throughout people. Um, so it was a pain point for me. And I got to the point where I, I became obsessed with learning a, a process, a system, and I just kept hiring all these different coaches to someone has to have the answer. They would tell me they have the answer and then I get involved and, and we start, I start coaching with them and there's really nothing there. It's a couple little pieces, but no magic pill. So I took a little bit of their stuff and I just kept digging deep and I figured out a system that is fairly automated. At some point in time, it's gonna be automated because I'm building a software, I'm gonna be building a software behind it that automates the entire system to where it's basically, you're just looking at your top you know, three to five people and that's it. It has a, there's a system that flows it through to just get you to that point and that's it. Um, like I, I'm always recruiting, always recruiting for uh, acquisitions people, salespeople, always, always, always. There's, it's never turns off. So every single month I have three to five, sometimes 600 applicants in that whole portal, that CRM that flows through that whole CRM. And if I had to read three, five, 600, even a hundred resumes a month, like what else am I gonna do? First off, second off, the reason why people hire and fire so much is because they hire off of resumes. Oh yeah, I like this person's experience. Oh, it looks like they went to school for four years. They must be great. They did this whole, you know, have this whole achievement. It means absolutely nothing. It's a piece of paper, it's crap, and the only time I look at a resume is before I'm walking into a, um, an actual in-person interview just for some conversation starting bullet points, that's it. I think resumes are absolute crap, it's the old way of doing things, and the reason why people hire and fire is because they do not have a system. I've created a system, I've got a course behind it, um, and it's, it works, it works. Like it's, it's one, of the, it's one of the hardest things that I have to actually sell, and I'll tell you why. It's like, there's nothing sexy about it. Like, oh, learn how to hire, great. Like, learn how to do your, the best accounting ever, right? Like, it's nothing sexy about either one of those, those things right there. But it's, when people come in, they're just like, man, it's just mind-blowing what it's done to their business and how it's allowed them to grow and build and allowed them as the entrepreneur to do the things that they should be doing and not all the rest of the stuff in, in, uh, on top of it. What, what just came to mind is kind of like when you're looking at all these real estate deals and you know people send you pro formas, you never see a bad pro forma, right? It's, it's just like a resume. No one's putting the bad stuff on there, right? They're just putting Good boy. the grand old, how great everything is with the, the three references that'll back them up and no matter what, right? Yes, a hundred percent. I never thought of that, but you know what? You're right. You, no one's ever going to sell you something like this. This property sucks. Like, this. like they always make it look to their advantage. So, so what? You know, what? Since we're not looking at the resume so much, right? What? Uh, you know, what are the things about the character of the person, or what are the things that are going to make you 
that stick out that are going to help you hire them up yeah, without so knowing who start, they are? It starts off with uh, a CRM. So I use Indeed and there's reasons behind that. And I tell that in my course, there's very specific reasons why I use it. Sometimes we add on an additional piece for, with LinkedIn uh, for recruiting. But it, every, not one person, when they click to apply on, let's say, Indeed, it does not take them through Indeed, and I'm not looking at the Indeed portal. It pulls them off into, into a CRM that I have. It takes them through a test, scores them, and if they don't fall, if they fall below where I, so it's, it's zero to 100, right, on the score. So if they, it just depends. If I really need somebody, I may drop my requirement, say anybody 60 and above. If I you know, kind of need them, I'll go to 65. If, like right now I'm recruiting, I don't need anybody. But I'll tell you what, if a rock star you know, blows my mind and comes out, I'm at 70 above right now. So I probably get one to two qualified applicants a day that fall under that. And then there's a whole nother uh, set where I send them a request for a video, but it's not just a video because I know a lot of people that do videos, in it, but it's very, very specific. The time and what I'm requesting in this video. And if they don't follow those instructions, I don't want to have anything to do with them. If I can't give them simple three bullet point instructions and they can't follow that, what are they going to do when they come to work for me? Right, so it's like the number one: Can you follow instructions? Can do, will you go the extra mile to uh, uh, get be a part of this organization to get this job? Will you take this test? Will you uh, create this video? Will you, you know what I mean? So there's like all those. So right there in in this video that is basically a minute long, I can tell you whether I want to spend one to two hours with you, sitting in front of you, interviewing you instead of spending one to two hours to realize that you're not the right fit. Right. And it's just like, so there's very, it's all tripwires. It's all, it's these different levels and of things that you have to go through to be qualified in order to get on. Then I even do a phone interview, right? I do a phone interview at seven. I, I, I basically say it's seven to 15 minutes long. It typically, I'm typically done in less than 10 minutes and it has, we don't, I don't let them talk a whole lot. It's basically, I want you to understand this position. I want, to, I want you to understand this environment, this company, the culture, and I want, you to, I, want, I want to tell you what it looks like. I'm gonna paint this picture for you. And if this doesn't feel like it's the right fit, let's, let's say so now. Because yeah. I don't want to sit in a room with you for an hour, two, two hours for you to say, oh, I, I didn't realize it was commission only. I don't give commission only. I'm just giving an example. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize it didn't have benefits. Oh, I didn't realize you had to work on Saturdays. You know, like literally, I've, I've spent two hours in a room with someone and then everything went great and I extended an offer to them and they're like, uh, I didn't realize that you guys work Saturday mornings, you know, whatever the case might be, right? Um, so no, I, I don't accept. I found another position somewhere else. Like literally when it gets to the point where I'm extending an offer, Right now, since I've done all these things and I've, I've eliminated all, all the possibilities that could be in place, it's 100% acceptance rate, right? And, and we're bringing on, like one of my guys, um, uh, one of my guys posted a story and tagged me to it yesterday. He said, hey, Terry, uh, Terry can hire the best people. You know, he, he was just like blowing me up. Right? It was one of my guys, right? Because he's my sales manager. 
he's bring, so I bring, I bring him these people and then our training system that we put them through, it's, you know, one, it's anywhere from five to eight days long. Well, this one particular guy, second day on the phones, locks down a deal that is going to bring us, bring us uh, a con or uh, an assignment contract of over $20,000 the second day on the phones. Good ROI. Yeah, exactly. This guy hasn't been with us more than like 10, 12 days, right? And it's all about the system. It's, it's all about getting the right people with the right fit that flow into it. And I can just plug them into my system. Culture is a huge thing. We, we, everything's about core values. If you don't fit and follow, we hire and fire on core values. I'll give you an example. I'm not going to name any names, but we had a person a few months back that was a killer, killer salesperson, absolute shark. Um, and this person, although they were killing it on the phones and they were crushing it, bringing in deals, they had a crappy attitude. They did not fit the core values. It was becoming poison to my entire team. My entire team, it was bringing them down and everybody else was having problems like doing anything because they couldn't go to this person about anything. We had to let that person go. I mean, is that something that like most people will be like, no, oh, they're killing it. I, I need to, I need to overlook that. Like you need to get over this, whatever. Like they're crushing it. They're bringing in revenue. It's not all about that because there's no I in team, right? And if one person is bringing down a team, they have to go. You know, I know all entrepreneurs are, are looking for the magic sauce and that special software that could kind of perform everything for them. But um, besides your hiring system, is there any other softwares that you recommend or use or have tried and found ones that fit the best? You mean for hiring or for in just for a general, you know, automation of your business and keeping things streamlined? Yeah, so Podio has been uh, just a total game changer for us. You know, it's, there's so many different systems out there, so many different CRMs, mm -hmm. right? And it's like, they all do almost what you want them to do, but they're not customizable. Podio, it's like a spreadsheet. Whatever you want it to do, you can make it do, right? It's like, if, if you thought of it and you're like, oh, I wonder if it could do this, you can make it do it. There's some type of plugin, something that can make it do whatever you want it to do. So absolutely love it. Uh, so I use one of my businesses, I use Podio. The other one we use uh, Zoho. So it's very, it's same thing. It's like very customizable, um, plug and play, flow through CRM, automation. I mean, just game changer uh, softwares. Is there any reason why they're separate or not the same uh, um, across both? Nope. Or? It's just, uh, I think in the real estate industry, wholesaling in general, um, it's just, that's just been the thing. And then, you know, when we plugged into it, that's all we knew. Where I'm using Zoho is in my education business, my retreats, my, you know, all that stuff. Um, and that's what my COO, that's what she knew. She's heard of Podio. And so I was like, look, let me, you know, she showed me a little demo what it could do. I was like, great. I was like, you know it. You can make this thing hop and do all kinds of other things. Let's go with that because I can learn how to use it. Yeah. Let the, let the people run with what they're great at. Right. Yeah. So now you have, I mean, shit, man, you got everything kind of automated, running pretty smoothly. And now, uh, you know, what, you know, you're designing your businesses kind of around your lifestyle. Well, you know, what are you looking to do here? Yeah. So recently it's actually, it was a month, uh, we're like a month and two days now into it. I've been living here in Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. Why Cabo San Lucas, Mexico? Why Mexico? Why not Greece? Why not Italy? Like, okay. 
So right now we're going through COVID. Um, number one, I had to get out. I wanted to get out of the U.S. right now. I probably wouldn't have done it right this minute. That accelerated things just because the toxicity of the media and all the crap that's going on. I, I just, I feel so much more relaxed, less tense. Like there's just, even though people walking around mass here, they're doing things right. There's zero cases, known cases here in Cabo. You're not turning on the TV and looking everywhere you look, just hearing nothing but just all this garbage. I wanted to remove my family from it. I wanted to remove from myself from it. Um, but biggest reason why we made the decision to start doing this, it's something that, first off, it, our lifestyle is we love to travel. We love to be in different places. I say, look, if, I, if anybody can design their life, their business to work anywhere in the world, do it. Because would you rather work in an office every single day in, where, in your hometown or be able to work with a view and accomplish the same thing? Actually, you're going to accomplish more. Right? So you're not going to be around all the little things that are happening. You're going to challenge your team to step up and do things versus lean on you like they like naturally happens. And us naturally as business owners want to solve all their problems. Right. So one of the biggest things that we that I made a decision to want to do this now and Cabo is because we were looking at going to Greece. We we're looking at going to Italy. We we're looking at going, but I just don't want to go overseas right now. I want to be able to, if something happened, I want to be able to drive across the border, right? <laughs> if, if absolutely after, I want to be within arm's reach. Um, that, why Cabo, why not Cancun, why not Puerto Vera? Like, it's very much like the U.S. here, right? There's Costco here. There's Home Depot, Office Depot. Like, it's, you know, there's things that are different. Right, I gotta pay with pesos. I don't have to, but I mean, I have to learn all that stuff. There's, there's not like we're we're trying to make my my wife's or my family's, which my my, my wife's learned how to make this particular sauce. This uh, this uh my my family's all Italian my, on my mother's side makes this amazing sauce. We can't find Italian sausage anywhere. Right? <laughs> we can find chorizo everywhere, but not Italian sausage. So there's some things like that, but. We, I really wanted to get away from everything and be able to concentrate on my education side of my business and be able to really be able to, without distractions, give 100% of my attention to my mentees and help them level up and get to where they want to, to go in life and be able to accomplish their goals without making all the mistakes, costly mistakes that I've made over the years. And people are like, you know, they look at, the cost of some mentorships. I'm like, look at the cost of the mistakes and the time. Like that's what I talk about that all the time. Time. Like there's one thing you can never get more of and it's time. You can buy anything in the world. You can earn and, and, and earn the money to be able to buy anything. If you put your mind to it, you, you'll do it. Right. Yeah. You can, you cannot buy time. You can create duplication. You can, you can make it so that you're not wasting time. You can do more in the same time. And I say all the time, like it's like we all we all have the same 24 hours. It's what you do with yours that matters. So how does someone find that right coach or mentor to kind of help them scale their business to give them more time back? So I, the way I, I tell people to pick a mentor, pick a coach, and everybody should have one. If you don't have one, like you're 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 failing yourself, right? You're costing yourself money and time. I say find the person that's doing what you want to be doing at the highest level that actually coaches, because not everybody does, right? There's people that are just crushing it in life and business, but they don't want to have, they don't want to share, right? Find somebody who's, who's doing everything that you want to be doing, not a guru, but a guru, 
like someone is actually doing it and, 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 and go mentor with them, go work with them. Like it doesn't matter. Like I had uh, uh, two years ago, there was, I was really wanting to scale my wholesale business. Like I told you, we, we were wanting to take it to the next level. And I went to somebody, flew to their office, you know, just checked out their operation. I'm like, this is what I want. Like I know over the next two, three years, I can figure this out and I can, it can cost me money, time, aggravation, all this other stuff. I said, I can mentor with you. I can get the blueprint. All I need is a month of your time. I need a month of your time. I, I need a couple different resources. I don't need this long drawn out thing. What is it going to cost me? Throughout a number, I'm like, okay. Like it didn't matter. It didn't matter. He could have said twice the amount mm -hmm. and I would have paid it because I understand the, the, I understand duplication. I understand what it costs. Like I'm, I just turned 45 last week and time is, is not, not on my side right now. Like I'm getting older, I'm getting, but at the same time, I'm getting wiser, right? If I had known about mentorship and coaches and all that stuff 20 years ago, I'd be in a whole different place. That's good. So now that, uh, you know, what are you doing moving forward here with the, you know, current climate, your business is kind of automated, you know, what are your plans with your time over the next five years? What are you looking to do or build? Yeah. I Five years is always hard to look out, look at, right? Um, I know my, my current projects right now is to really, like I said, just really help people get to the, to the next level. Help that I want to build this community. Uh, I used to one-on-one -on -one coach and I quit one-on-one -on -one coaching in the last year, phased out throughout this year. And now I'm creating this group environment and mastermind. And I, I just want, I just want to really, make help people excel and just massively hit their goals in so many different ways and be able to not just have a high paying job not just like we, you know one of the things that we talk about is uh let me help you get from six figures a year to six figures a month right in your business that's all good and, and fine and dandy but it doesn't stop there like that's where everybody else stops like let me show you how to make money i want to show you how to automate your business i want to show you how to scale it how to automate it and design it so you can do what you want. Maybe what you want to do is you want to go to an office. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe what you want to do is be in a place like this that overlooks the Pacific and you know just have nothing but nature and beauty. Maybe you want to be in the mountains in the middle of nowhere. It doesn't matter. Like Whatever you want to do, I'm going to help you get to that place. And so what is, uh, you, you mentioned mastermind, right? So are you guys doing something there? Is that what Tab is? Yeah, so it's all, it's all under the Tab brand. Um, we have a tab tribe and it's a, and I, I want to say this clearly, it's a mastermind mentorship. I'm in multiple, I, I'm, I have mentors and I'm in multiple masterminds, right? A mastermind, in my opinion, is a group of people that get together. Um, you pay money. There's, uh, there's somebody that hosts it that, that is the, uh, the start of it. And they bring in different speakers. They, you know, just and put you in front of different things, right? They bring it, they're like the moderator, right? Of a, of a group. A master, a mentorship is somebody that you can go to one-on-one -on -one if you need help to help you get to that, but there's also a group setting, right? So you've got the people. It could be a lot of things where I'm not gonna claim that I'm the best at every single piece of this business or any business, right? I can help a lot of people do stuff, but if I'm in a, if I have this community, this group, and somebody's wanting to be better at some type of digital marketing. We've got a digital marketing like badass in our group. I'm not gonna pretend to know about that. I'm gonna say, hey, you should talk to this person. 
and, and, it, and it'll be like one of those communities where everyone's going to want to help people level up. That's awesome. That's awesome. So our, for our final thought, what has been the, you know, the one key takeaway in life that has helped you increase your net worth the most through all your investments? I would say if there, there's two pieces to that. I mean, it's, it's creating any kind of residual income, right? Being able to, like, I'm into autom- uh, not autom- Amazon automation, right? So I have Amazon automation, I'm getting ready to invest into um, some storage building facilities. Um, I'm getting ready to put some investment into some uh, apartment syndication, like stuff that is truly passive, but gives really good returns. I have people that I, that I mentor and coach that I'll invest in them into, into certain deals where I'm not doing anything different. I'm mentoring and coaching you, but instead of getting that, you know, just that paid on the money, there's some type of JV agreement on certain deals and I'm going to help you maximize profits on that type of deal. Right. Um, rental properties has been a play in the past. Now we're shifting to do different things with those, with those dollars. Right. Um, that, that it's really honestly is, is people, it's people, it's, it's systems, it's duplication. That's good, man. That seems like the key takeaway from today's thing. Uh, what I heard a lot has definitely been the right people uh, on your team, right? And the right people in your life. So that's great to hear. Uh, you know, if people want to learn more about TAB or get a hold of you personally, what is the best way to reach you? Yeah, so the best way, I have a website, terrythayerii.com. It's T-E-R-R-Y-T-H-A-Y-E-R-I-I.com. Um, all my socials, the same thing, Terry Thayer, at Terry Thayer on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, any, any socials is going to be the exact same thing. Dude. Awesome. Thank you, man. Thank you for coming out and sharing today. I appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.